What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Life in the Backyard Wrestling Podcast. I am here with the bearded outlaw, the bearded badass, Kent Havoc himself. Kent, ha- how are you doing today? Dude, I'm I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, it's good. Right now, work has just been kicking my butt, but I'm ready to kind of get back in the ring, get back at it, do a bunch of stuff right now. Awesome, awesome. So today, you know, we're going to go in depth about your career, personal life if you want. You don't have to, you know, talk about your experiences, your best matches, all that, and in between. It's it's going to be a fun podcast. I've I've, I've wanted you on my podcast since the beginning, you yeah. know, because you're, you're such a good wrestler. You know, I just got done watching Crossfire. I, I extensively watched your match with Zach Ryan. I love it to death. It's a great match. Thanks, man. I really, I, I really do appreciate it. I ever since like kind of when I started when we first started DSW and kind of going through that first year, uh, I felt like I was probably the most underrated out of everybody. And now that ever since I had my match with Dakota or Dak. Um, uh, my uh, people are just commenting like, "I want to wrestle. I want to wrestle Havoc. I want to wrestle Havoc." Like, if you watched uh, Dak's latest or his number seven issue of his podcast, even Chris Storm wanted to wrestle me. Yeah, I, I heard that Chris Chris Storm, a fellow MEBW superstar, who which I might sign with. I don't know. I mean, again, I'm a backyard free agent. You'll hear all about that on the Cole Littles podcast when I'm on there. Yeah, yeah, um, I heard, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. So, uh, when uh, when did you first start watching wrestling? And uh, is was there a specific moment or match that draw that drew you to to the sport? It was back, I believe, late 2010 when I started watching wrestling, which a lot of people wouldn't expect it from me because I, 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 I got a lot of knowledge of wrestling. But it's when WWE came to Huntsville, and my buddy, like this is when I didn't know anybody. The only person I knew was John Cena. That was the only one. And... <laughs> And um, we went to the event as my dad, my Tyler Lee and his dad, and a couple of my other buddies. And I don't even remember who all was on the the event, but I remember the main event, which was Triple H and Cena versus Legacy. And I didn't know who Triple H, Triple H was at the time, but then after seeing them just, going out there, you know, giving everyone the sucking and kicking ass. But he kind of became a second favorite. And I was trying to get, like, I was able to go and uh, shake hands with Triple H. Like, I went over to close to the guardrails possible, and I was able to shake his hand, which was, like, one of the coolest fucking things I've ever done. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, being, being close to a pro wrestler is great. Oh, yeah. It's, it's. It was like it was kind of surreal for me when I was a kid. It was like, oh my god, I shake his hand, oh, going crazy about it. I didn't get to shake Cena's hand because Cena was. He was my favorite wrestler when I was a kid. I, I just loved, loved Cena, and even though, um, even though I've branched out now from watching WWE, watching any other in. Uh, Independent promotion like Ring of Honor, New Japan, um, PWG, Defy. Um, Cena will still have you know like a special place in that little kid of me in my heart somewhere. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, John, I I used to be a fan of John Cena, but I was I was mostly uh, Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit. I hear you. Like yeah. that's the thing. Like that's the thing. I wish. I wish I got into it way back then, way back then, 
that way I could relate to everybody, be like, yeah, Eddie Guerrero was so freaking great. So was, you know, Benoit and, um, like, everybody, like everybody else. Like, I just, I wish I was, I grew up watching the Ruthless Aggression era. Oh, it was a great era to watch. But, I mean, I was able to go back and watch stuff on the network and all that, all that stuff. And I watched a bunch of, I watched a couple of Eddie matches. I'm like, God bless, Eddie Guerrero was a freaking legend. Yeah. Yeah, he like, he was he was definitely a legend. He, and he and like he connected with the crowd like so well. I mean the yeah the Latino he you know him coming up with this the pent out the uh, car was just it was just the icing on the cake to me. Yeah, um, yeah, Eddie. Eddie holds a special place in my heart a lot because he was the one that drew me to wrestling. Um, so how how did uh, DSW start and the Kent Havoc era start? Um, how it kind of started, it was it was probably just the beginning of my no no I would say my senior year in high school and wow yeah I mean I wish we did it our junior year because a bunch of the underclass and then and only me and Tyler Lee, we were the only two in our class that actually, you know, fucking wrestled. Um, uh, we was at one of our buddies' house. We was watching some kind of WWE because I don't know. And one of my buddies, which he's, which is Rhett Ryder, uh, he's, um, he started, he's like, Hey, we should start a YouTube channel for wrestling. And then we're like, me, Hunter, and, me, Hunter X, and Tyler Lee, we're all like, well, we've been wanting to do a backyard wrestling show on YouTube forever, but we just didn't have enough people. Can't really do a YouTube channel with three people, you know what I'm saying? Right, you know, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Then we had to find a place to put it, because we had the idea to build a trampoline ring, you know, a trampoline ring. Mm-hmm. With the four posts, kind of how TBW used to have. Yeah. And we couldn't do it at Hunter X's place because, you know, liability. Parents don't want us getting fucking hurt or some shit. And we have, and, some, and then our parents would have to sue them or some shit. Don't want none of that. Then um, we talked to Sam Clowney. And asked him if we could do it at his place. Then it started from there. We moved, we ended up moving the trampoline up to his place, and then we did the promo package, and then we did our four set of tapings for that, and then we came back a couple weeks later until uh, until the tapings were almost up. Then we filmed our first internet special, which was Golden Glory. That's where we crowned our first ever DSW World Champion. And then it kind of just started, and then it just went from there. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, see, when when I got started, it I started backyard wrestling really young. Middle school is when I started. Oh, really? I started, yeah, I, I started off really young. Um, give me your thoughts on Samuel Clowney. Uh, he's he's one tough son of a bitch, I can tell. Um, yeah, he is probably one of the short, like, He's probably one of the strongest guys I've had a match with, besides wrestling Jerry the Giant from DSW. But for he's a big man. He can. He's very strong. But I'm. Last time I was in the ring with him, he sidelined me for three months. He injured Damn. my jaw. I mean, if you had seen him, like the latest or a while back in DSW, he future-shocked me onto a damn chair and then concertoed me. So, I, I'm not on really good terms with him right now. Right, I can I can see that. Like, damn. But I, I, I'm thinking he probably didn't mean it. It was probably a mess-up or 
Or Sam's just being Samuel Clowney. Probably, but then uh, that three months, that killed me because I could not do anything. I couldn't chew. I couldn't eat solid food for three months, which was (laughs) fucking terrible. Oh, it was terrible. I lost a lot of weight, but, but. And then Tyler Lee ends up bringing him back to the good side. I'm not kind of, I, I am not falling for that shit. It's just, I think he just threw up a facade to get, to for everyone to forget what he did to me. But right. when if I see him again in the TBW ring, I'm going to lay the facts down to him and I'm going to stomp a mud hole in his ass whether he likes it or not. I mean, I think besides wrestling-wise, Samuel, like, I mean, his selling is great. He knows how to sell. And yeah, he, yeah, he, knows, he, can, he connects well with the crowd. Yeah, he can, he can, he connects really good with the crowd, yes. Um, his selling, I mean, he's a, yes, he's a great worker. Um Um, yeah, I mean he's a he's a good worker, um, but I can't give him anything of benefit of doubt. I'm still kind of pissed with him for oh, I would be putting him on for three months, dude. Yeah. Um, did you did you ever think that DSW was going to be as big as it is now when you guys uh, first started? I remember when we I, – I wasn't expecting us to have this many subs by then. I remember when we first hit 100, we're like, okay, this is good. Then we hit 200. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, this is, this, is, this is nice. Then we hit 300. I'm like, damn, we're doing good. And then, you know, 400 and then 500. When we hit 500, we're like, holy shit, we're halfway fucking there to hitting 1K. Yeah, like, and then now I think we're at like, I can't remember what, 691, I believe. I don't know. I haven't checked in forever. But since, I mean, we were posting freaking weekly at the time. And uh, that's one of the reasons how we were able to get so many subs right there is because we were just posting, posting, posting week after week. And we just shot up. Uh, who is your favorite opponent from DSW? Favorite opponent? Um, it's kind of hard to pick. Um, I would have to I'm put- say. Oh, what are you saying? I was I was saying I'm putting you on a pedestal, man. This this isn't going to be all cupcakes and rainbows. It's going to be chair shots and thumbtacks. Um, I would have to say, let's say Hunter X was probably my biggest, one of the biggest opponents I faced in DSW. Me and him have history. Yeah, me and him have history. And yeah, he flaunts it all the damn time. Yeah, I haven't beat him. But this year, 2019... I am going to beat Hunter X whether he likes it or fucking not. And he can, I can bank on that, dude. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And I can't wait to see that, especially in the TVW ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I was surprised when the TVW upper management was looking for contacts and shit. And surprisingly... All about half of the DSW roster is signed with TBW. So, since you guys have signed with TBW, what is the state of DSW? Is DSW still going to happen, or is everyone just going to merge and go right to TBW? Well, I can't really 
explain. I can't really say anything about that right now. I don't have any That's okay. intel. But um, sometime soon, TVW should be posting a video about the new signees for TVW. Y'all will just have to stay tuned and find out about it. But that's that's all I can say. I can't really, you know, spill the beans. I can't really pull a Mark Ruffalo on you. <laughs> oh, man, this is why I love you, bro. You're funny as hell and you're a great worker. Um, so, uh, Crossfire, uh, tell me how that came to be. Okay, how Crossfire came to be, it was when first we... How we first saw TBW, we first, we were first starting out, I think we were at like 200 subs. We saw, we were watching them, and Tyler Lee was talking to me like, we all want, we want to work with these guys so bad, but we need to wait till we get better first. Because right now, they are, they're, they're better than us at the time. Fast forward, back to... Let's say October, sometime in October, I think October 31st. I think that's the time. Yeah. Uh, I went and messaged on one of their videos, being, you know, polite as I can be, which that's usually how I am. Commented, say, hey, I can't have it from DSW. You've probably never heard of me, but we would like to do a crossover show with y'all, help y'all get subs and likes and vice versa for us, give everyone some some uh, exposure and shit. And then they asked where we were located, and we said Alabama. Didn't get a reply back. Then I think it was a couple days later, I messaged Dakota or Dak on his Instagram asking if you if we would like to do a crossover. And he's like, yeah, I think that would be good. And then me and him just matches back and forth and me and him became pretty close friends. After then we then we talked. We me and him talked, and we set up the match card in that order, in the exact order how it was on the show. And fast forward to the day when we left. Left at six thirty. Like left at six thirty in the morning from Alabama. Got to uh, Georgia at like ten thirty. I'm tired as hell, only had about two hours of sleep, and then I went and wrestled in a 30-minute fucking Ironman match. Now, tell me, like, all of so plum-ass tired, it was not even funny. But that's how, that's that's basically how Crossfire ended up being. Yeah, I believe I saw your comment on the video I don't remember what video it was, but I remember seeing a comment from you about doing a crossover like that. Um, and now, ever since Crossfire happened, there's so many feds around the country that are doing crossovers. Do you think that it was because you guys were basically almost the first ones to do so that they saw it and were like, oh, if, if these guys can do it, we can do it too? Yeah, I, I would believe so, because because shortly after M- uh, EBW and MEBW did their crossover. Yes, yes, I, I remember that. It was it was right after we uploaded Crossfire on both channels, and I, I don't know who I think it, somebody messaged on on DSW's channel or TBW's. I can't remember who. They said, "Cool, man, that's cool. We all did a cro- uh, crossover. We did one ourselves in such and such and like way back then." They like. They did it a while back before we did ours, but they uploaded theirs like almost like maybe two to three weeks after Crossfire. So right. I mean, but I remember going into that match with Dak, and I'm like, because I was nervous as hell. You can tell, you can ask Dakota, you can ask Dak that. Like, I was nervous as fuck when I woke up that morning. I'm like. I'm probably going to have the best backyard match of my life today. And I am nervous as fuck. But then as soon as I got in the ring, that kind of just, you know, 
flooded away, and I was able to focus on what I was doing. And we probably had, this doubt, probably one of the best backyard matches ever. In my opinion, it was the best backyard match ever. Uh, you guys told a great story. I admire your guys' skill. You guys didn't use too many moves uh, simultaneously, like how um, Matt Thunder from MEBW or Chris Storm keeps using the damn V trigger. Like, come on, yeah. you're not Kenny Omega. I mean, you're not no no disrespect to Chris Storm because I might be signing with MEBW, but you know, yeah. It's it's not necessary. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah, no disrespect to Chris Storm. Um, great competitor, uh, great wrestler. But, I mean, going for the same moves twice, I mean, yeah, he might have the moves that, you know, if it doesn't work once, try it again. But if, he, if, the, if the other opponent keeps kicking out of the same move, you would need to try to change it up. Change it to where your opponent will not expect what you're going for next. That's that's how you end up getting him. Like end up change like change it into like expect him to like go like go for like a submission move or something like after set it up look like you're going for something that he knows, but then completely t- uh, flip the page on him and just snap him in a submission move. He's not going to expect that, especially if he's been targeting any limbs or anything that entire match. Took the words right out of my mouth, man. <laughs> um, hey, I know psychology, uh, dude. Yeah, you do. Uh, I know the wrestling game pretty well, too. Sadly, I couldn't have been at Crossfire. I was supposed to be there. I wanted to be there so bad. I was supposed to be there. Um also, tell me, tell me about your experience coming back to do Gauntlet of Glory. Experience with, um, I remember getting a mess, I getting a message from Dak saying, "Hey, we would like for some of the DSW boys to be in the Gauntlet of Glory." And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm down. Because this, like Dex said in his podcast, this was the first time I have ever been in a rumble match in a in the back in backyard wrestling. Like, period. Like, yeah, I mean, I've done some before, but they were never on YouTube and shit, and they kind of really, you know, don't count. Right. But this was they're the, just basically dark matches. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but we, I remember him calling us up. We took the job. This was the first time they were able to meet Tyler Lee. Originally, Tyler Lee was supposed to face Johnny Blade at Crossfire. Yep. But it didn't happen because some issues happened with Tyler Lee and he wasn't able to make the trip with us. So we had Sam Clowney come out of retirement, which I don't think he should have came out of retirement, should have retired in the first place, but that's a proper point. Called us up, we came, met Tyler Lee for the first time, and and then we was able, we went and recorded, and the level match went, or the gauntlet of glory went great. Yeah, I came up short, yes, I, I was in the final three, of course, Hunter X, that little bastard, stabbed me in the back, wasn't the first time he'd done it before, but you know, Probably won't be the last. Yeah, I watched, you know, the Gauntlet of Glory where you guys were in, and you guys did a damn great job. I will applaud you guys for your effort in that in those matches. Now that you guys are signed with TVW, 2019 Gauntlet of Glory winner, Kent Havoc? 2019. Ooh. Anyone. No? Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, never say, never say never, dude. Anything can never happen in the wrestling never. business, and I mean anything can happen. Hell, or, exactly. or I can win the uh, Clash for the Case in 2019. 
true. That's true. I'm I'm not gonna say what's this, but at Night of Kings, I'm going to be in probably one of the biggest matches you will see. Just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. Just let that just let it sink in. Just let it sink in. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. excited for Night of Kings. Oh, uh, I am too. It's going to be a oh. great pay-per-view. Um, God, TVW is stacked for 2019. We've been saying it for a while. 2019 is going to be our year in the backyard. That's hands down going to be our year. I completely agree. Do you believe that, like... Back in the day, like late 90s, early 2000s, backyard wrestling was more like ultra-violent wrestling. You can't even call it wrestling. Yeah, it was more like really, ultra-violent yeah. bar fights, basically. Um, yeah, basically. Do, do you think that now, like, since crossfires happen and everyone's merging together, and they're working together very well, do you, uh, do you think that, like, this is, like, the next boom period for backyard wrestling or wrestling in general? I, I would believe so. Cause, yeah, like you said, back then, it was just mostly, um, yeah, just hardcore shit, you know, slamming people on barbed wire, thumbtacks, slamming tables, um, slamming bats, or whatever the crazy shit people, people our age fucking came up with back then. We slowly got out of that hardcore phase, and now we're, now people are actually looking for actual quantity, technical, polished-style wrestling in the backyard, which it's kind of hard to see. You have to find the right guys that that knows what they're doing in the trampoline, or in a ring, if they have a ring in the backyard, whatever. You got to look at small aspects. It's the small details that makes everything happen. It makes everything that looks better. Even like, even a collar, doing a collar elbow tie up and a wrist lock correctly and transition into something else through that. That's what the little things, that's the little things right there that makes it perfect, in my opinion. I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. Um, who Who are some of your dream opponents? I know your one dream opponent was Dak Ryan. You guys face each other crossfire. Yes, great match. I, but uh, who Who are some of your dream opponents from other feds and around the country, or hell, even like there are some backyard feds around the world. Yeah. Um. The one dream match I really want to have. Well, it's a toss-up between these two. I remember watching them a long time ago. This was before I started doing it. Like, they pretty much helped revolutionize it. But it's either AK-47 or Cage mm-hmm. from KVW. Them were the two that I would really like to wrestle the most. I can learn a lot, and I mean a lot from both of them because they're both in the independent scene right now. Yeah. Uh, I used to watch KBW a lot extensively. Mm-hmm. Love their work. Um, I was interviewing Nicole Little and how I asked her how, like, if she believes there should be more women in backyard wrestling because women's wrestling back then, you know, again, I'm kind of making comparisons. It wasn't really wrestling. It was more like entertainment for the men while the women and the children went to go get the snacks. Um, but like now it's, it's a lot better because now WWE is having women's tag titles and, you know, women are being more respected in the wrestling business. Do do you believe there should be more women in the backyard? I believe it hands down. There should be more women in the backyard. When I first, when I got put in this backyard, uh, backyard Alliance chat, I saw her name in it and then I'm like, oh, shit, it's a girl. Like, I, I didn't expect it at all. Like, I was fucking shocked. I'm like, hell yeah, there's a girl wrestler in here. And I'm like, that's fucking awesome because we need more people like Nicole. We need more women like Nicole in the backyard. Like, because 
some women's wrestling is underrated, and and there's some women's wrestlers that I I watch and shit, and they're actually fucking good. Like Tony Storm, she's fucking phenomenal. And um, Lana Austin, I don't know if you heard of her, but I've watched some of her stuff, and she's fucking good too. Um, God, I can't remember. Um, Tessa Blanchard, God, she's yep. fucking great as well. Uh, WWE really dropped the ball on her. On Tessa Blanchard? Yeah. They really yeah, dropped the ball yeah, on her. But I mean, she's doing, but she's doing what she likes. But like, we need more people. We need more women like Nicole that actually wants to put in the work, get out there, make herself better, and show everybody that she can fucking do this. It's not going to be easy. Like it's everything in life, nothing is easy. But you got to put in the work, the dedication, the blood, sweat, and the tears to get the shit done. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I believe also there should be women in backyard wrestling because you know they they get a bad rap because they're women, and that yeah, that's true. is that that is honestly bullshit because they mm-hmm. they deserve every opportunity men do. Exactly. Like, if they, like want to go I, for, if they want to go for a world championship, fuck, let them. Yeah, let them. Fuck it. <laughs> like, I remember when, I remember I watched the press conference for AEW, and when Brandy Rhodes said that all women's wrestling, all the women's wrestlers will get equal pay as the rest was as men, I said, fuck yes. Because they deserve as much appreciation as every man in that fucking locker room. Every fuck, every fucking appreciation they fucking deserve. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that they're taking time to give women equal opportunities like that, mm-hmm. especially with equal pay, because that is a fucked up situation in the real world, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that, that is, it is really and fucked up. Honestly, if, if, if you think about it, in the real world, women do more work than men. I know that kind of sounds weird of me to say because I'm a guy, but they they carry a baby in their body for nine months. We oh, don't exactly, do that. Yeah. They, put, they, they put up with more shit than we do. Exactly. Honestly, I'm going to say this, and if, if everyone hates into this, Fuck you. Honestly, I wouldn't mind getting underpaid than women. I really wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't either. Because they they do so much and get zero credit. Mm-hmm. Zero. I mean, so, and some women usually don't work. Some of them are usually at home. They're the stay-at-home mom. They, you know, mm-hmm. clean the house do laundry dishes and all that shit and take care of the young kid at the time. And yeah. they deserve all the fucking credit. They deserve credit. They deserve more credit than what they're fucking getting now. Exactly. Yeah, because it just chaps my ass when it, when women get underpaid than, than men because the women do more work. They mm-hmm. They put up with so much in this world. Because of their gender, and it—it's just really sad. Yeah, um, it is. Sad. But glad that AEW is actually paying attention to what the fans are saying, and they care about what the fans say. Oh yeah. Speaking of AEW, I read from Curbside, uh, plugging Curbside here over right here on Instagram and Twitter, I believe. Um, he posted that Vince McMahon has been coming up to guys that their contracts are about to expire, and he is going to double their contracts if they get an offer from AEW. Like if they like, let's say, let's just say AJ gets a contract from a uh, it's a notification from AEW before, uh, right 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 when his contract's closing and expired. If Vince McMahon sees it, he will double what AEW is willing to pay for him, which is which is going to be a lot of fucking money. Like, 
Yeah. Mind-boggling money, which is fucking crazy. And it is. I read the revival. They want their release. That could end up turning into a Neville situation. Yeah, it could. Like, they could be locked up into their contracts for a while. And then, poof. Right? Yeah, I, I read about that because uh, I think Vince shouldn't be able to do that. If they want to leave to go for more, better opportunities, they should be able to leave. Yeah. But I mean, because, they've really done it in the past where they will sign people and just hog them. They won't have anything to, won't have any fucking anything for them. Like, none whatsoever. Like, I mean, kind of look at Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley debuted, what, last year after Mania? If I'm correct, right? He, re- he, he returned, but his original debut was 2005. Oh, well, I'm, well you, you know well, what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah his, his, his return debut. Well, we'll put it I mean, like his that. Return plus, I mean, it's, but anyway, he returned after, yeah, right, Mania last year, right? Yep, yeah. The raw. He did not win a, He did not do anything until this fucking past Monday Night Raw, where he won the Intercontinental Title. He hasn't done. Not shitting on Bobby Lashley, but like he hasn't done. He hasn't really done anything, to be honest. No, he he really hasn't. And then he just wins the Intercontinental title a year later with help from Leo Rush. <laughs> I mean, putting him in Leo, Leo Rush has actually kind of been a good idea. It gets him some exposure, and he's on and he's on the main roster. Um, he's on Two O'Clock Live as well, right? Yep. Leo Five. Leo. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I like Leo Rush. I've been watching him since Ring of Honor. But I think him being paired up with Lashley is a perfect combination. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. It, it works. Because you would, you would see in the everyday life, you would see a big man with his small little friend, and that small little friend is just feisty as hell and hypes up his, his – or, or it could be like a small little brother and a big little uh, big brother. And he'll just hype up his big brother, and then like he'll get up in the person's face, and then he'll just, and then when that person gets up, he backs up, and the big brother steps in. It's kind of like that kind of relationship going on. Yeah, I can I can totally see that because uh, they just work so well together, and Leo is just so fucking athletic. It's amazing. Oh, it, it's he, insane. It's ridiculous. I remember. Um, I can't remember what match he had in NXT. He was I can't remember who he was wrestling. Um but I mean him just just bending back, he was like a goddamn acrobatic. He was just bending and dodging any kind of lariat, boot, punch, anything, and he was just so fucking flexible, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's insane what he can do. And all those flips and shit he does to evade Seth Rollins and everyone else that can easily catch him if they wanted to. Oh, yeah. But he's a slippery <laughs> little fucker. That's what he is. Yeah, he is. He is one slippery fuck. Um, what, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Uh, what has been your favorite moment of your whole career so far? Favorite moment? I would say finally winning a damn championship in DSW, which is the DSW International Championship. Yep. I would have become first DSW World Champion, but Tyler Lee had to screw my ass out of that. That Tyler Lee, damn yeah, you! Bastard. <laughs> yeah, it, like, it, it honestly seems like everyone in DSW is out to get you because they're scared of you. Samuel Clowney, Hunter X, Tyler Lee, Mike Crane. 
That little bastard you know. can... He's not, he's big as my leg. I beat him twice, so he can... <laughs> I crank and suck a showed. I don't know. It's it just... My, my crane looks like he doesn't connect well. He's not but much of a... that's just me. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's never been much of a talker. That's kind of why he had, like, Antonio Steele behind his back. He needed, he needed a mouthpiece, and Antonio still was, was fit that bill. Um, so I've I've asked everyone else this, or almost everyone. Uh, is there any pro wrestlers that you've met like face to face? I know you shook hands with Triple H. Um, but like, is there any meet and greets that you went to where you actually met a wrestler? Oh yeah, I've met like I've met like a ton. Not really, awesome. well, not really a ton, but I went to two SmackDown uh, SmackDown lives in Birmingham, and I met a shit ton of people. I met Alexa Bliss, uh, the Vaude villains, uh, Jason Jordan. Uh, I met Tom Phillips, but you know, even though he's not a wrestler, he's a commentator, but still, Good old Tom Phillips. Um, <laughs> Uh, who else? Uh, I met Drew Gulak. Ooh, that dude's he's good. Fucking great. Um, uh, Tony Nice and my favorite cruiserweight at the time when he was still a WWE, which was Rich Swan. Rich Swan was he was the nicest guy I met out of all the WWE people I met. That's this was the first time I went and. It was after the show, and we carried a full-blown conversation with him. Me, Hunter X, and Tyler Lee, we carried a full-blown conversation with him. And he was just the nicest dude there was. And then uh, we went to our first ever Ring of Honor show, which was in Atlanta, and I met the Young Bucks for the first time, which they were nicest. They were cool as fuck. I got the autograph and everything. Have the damn thing framed up and put it on my wall, and then I think it was last year we went to Nashville for Ring of Honor. That's where Flip fought Nick Aldis for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Yep, met Flip. I had a lot of respect for him for serving his country because my dad and my great grandfather were in the military, so I had a lot of respect for people that serve the military and I met Marty Squirrel, which that dude is nice as hell. He's he's pretty short, like how Dak said in his podcast. Like he's about my he's like maybe an inch shorter than me. But yeah, that was like there's other guys from WWE that I met, but like that's a lot. It's, I'd have to I'd have to write them down and tell them to you. I've only met three of them, but you know, you'll, you'll hear the whole story when I talk with Nicole on her podcast. Uh, so, you know, you guys signed the TVW, you guys are at the top of the game right now. You honestly, you guys are honestly like the top backyard fed right now. Um, what, what's next for Kent Havoc? Like what? What are what are your goals now that signing with TVW? Well, one of my goals is to be, yeah, one of them is to be one of the best backyard wrestlers in this era, and I want people to remember me when I'm, you know, out of the backyard and going into, you know, the independence and, you know, hopefully going to the E. I mean, everyone wants to go to the E, but second dream or second thing I'm I'm going to make happen is to become TBW World Heavyweight Champion. I've had opportunities to get the BSW World title, but I got screwed out of that like three fucking times. I got screwed out of that, well, actually four of that world title, and Whoever, after Night of Kings, whoever is TBW Undisputed Openweight World Champion, Zach Ryan, 
or Tyler Green. I'm going. I'm coming after y'all, no matter what. Dak, I love you like a brother. You're a friend. But if we got to go one more time, then we will. But if it's Tyler Green, you tall Sasquatch ass looking motherfucker, I'm going to knock. I'm going to knock you down a peg or two and then knock your teeth in, brother. That's all. That's all I got to say. But that's that's my wow. dreams right there for 2019 in TVW. That that's impressive, man. Uh, I I can't wait to see what the future holds for all the DSW guys. Well, you can't call them DSW guys anymore because they're TVW guys now. So yeah. the whole the whole TVW roster is booming, and I heard that you know more signees are coming potentially. Oh, yeah. Potentially. We have them that Oh, I, I might sign with TVW. Who knows? You might you might see me down the road soon. That'd be awesome, say, dude. Say a uh, surprise entrant of Gauntlet of Glory. Ooh. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but, yeah, man, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what you guys are going to do now that you guys got the real ring. I can't oh, yeah. wait. Um, uh, yeah. Do you, do you have any questions for me? Um... feel like I should, but I, I really, um, okay. What, what would you, what's your take on the whole backyard wrestling scene right now? Uh, it's, it's a lot better than what it was back then. Uh, I'm oh, yeah, yeah. proud. Sure. I, like now, now I'm proud to say I'm a backyard wrestler. Back then, when I started backyard wrestling, it was hardcore shit. And I was like, "Is this really what I want to do?" You know, I, I was so miserable doing it. Like I loved yeah. it, but then inside, I was so fucking miserable. But now it's like I need to go to TVW. I need to go to GSW. I need to go to all these fucking feds because I love what the fuck I'm doing. I can't wait to see what the future holds for all backyard wrestlers because it it's a lot better now and I'm so proud of everyone that's in it. I'm proud to be called a backyard wrestler. Oh yeah, I am too because I, I remember seeing a tweet on Twitter, Mike Bailey and Jimmy Hatton. Yeah. They got they got our fucking back. And I think Will Ospreay does too because he used to backyard wrestle as well. So mm-hmm. three big Indie promotion guys have got our fucking back in this, and I'm, and that makes us more confident about ourselves because we have three top, we have three big indie guys that's just that's got our back through this whole ride, which I'm so happy and thrilled about that. Yeah, I never thought that would happen either because every wrestler, pro wrestler, looked down to backyard wrestling, but then you got to think, hey. When this, when so-and-so was younger, you know, he did backyard wrestling or she did backyard wrestling. It, you got to start somewhere, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got you to start it, somewhere. It's just, it, like, it just doesn't start with wrestling school, you know? People, backyard wrestling has been the stigma in, for years. And now the fact that Mike Bailey, Will Ospreay, Jimmy Havoc, and all these guys that are in top promotions like Ring of Honor and New Japan, they have our backs. It's amazing. Like, it's, it's awesome. Oh, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, shit. I never thought this day would happen. Me either. I'm for sure. I've, I've, I've been enjoying this podcast so far. This has been a dope-ass podcast. Yeah, I'm so glad I was finally able to get you on. Yeah, we had technical difficulties and shit. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, my, we we, ma- we managed to make it work. I'm so glad, man. Yeah, my phone being a piece of shit that it is. Yeah, this morning I wake up and my phone is fucking blowing up on email saying, "Oh, your your podcast is now available on on uh, you know, all these other podcast apps," and I'm like. Holy shit, I'm making it big as a podcaster, and I love it. 
Like I like I never thought I'd ever get more than ten listens on a podcast because you know like not not everyone likes backyard wrestling podcasts if they're if, you know because who who really wants to sit around and listen to a twenty two year old talk about backyard wrestling with other fellow backyard wrestlers not not yeah. everyone but then yeah, I wake I, up you know and I, I just see all the listens and I I get happy. I mean that's what I did. That's what I do at work. Like I put, like I put, uh, plug up my Bluetooth speaker to my phone, and I play Dex, uh, podcast, and I listen to it while I'm working, to you know, kill time and everything. And it and it makes and it makes the day go by faster for me. Yeah. It's it's amazing how how much every backyard wrestler has success over the years, and I'm so happy to be called a backyard wrestler. Yeah, I am too. It's evolved so much since the 2000s and everything. Now we're getting into the more technical style. Yeah, making everything look good, good storylines and shit. It's just making it. We're just making it better now. Yeah, we're we're literally changing the world, and it's great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this was my guest, the bearded badass, Kent Havoc. I love that nickname I gave you. I love it. You should stick with it. Um, I wasn't expecting like that. I wasn't expecting to get that nickname. I'm like, no, <laughs> no one ever called me that before. I'm like, I, I kind of like it. All right, that'd be like a second nickname. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you were on Instagram Live, and I'm like, it's the bearded badass. And it it's stuck ever since. Ladies and gentlemen, this was episode five. Yeah, episode five of Life in the Backyard Wrestling Podcast. This was Kent Havoc. I'm the star, Eric Matthews. I will see you get. I will hear you guys in the next one. Have a great day. Kent, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. I greatly appreciate it. You're very welcome, man. Thanks for having me on this podcast, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no well. problem. No problem. Uh, before we officially sign off to you, is there anything that you want to tell the fans really quick? Um, any fans from DSW and TVW, check out, check out very soon. TVW will be posting probably a lot of content. content. Also, follow my Twitter. My Twitter is the underscore Kent Havoc. Uh, same thing with my Instagram. And uh, stay tuned because Kent Havoc 2019 so we Kent Havoc here, baby. Say no more. Also, follow me on Twitter at Aaron Ament. Uh, also on Instagram. Uh, just look up Aaron Matthews. He's right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, this was the Life in the Backyard Wrestling Podcast signing out. Have a great 2019, ladies and gentlemen. Love you all. Have a great year. Peace.